in chapter 26. But we find out that these two censuses are spread out by almost four decades. Because there was a generation that although the Lord redeemed them in the sense that he purchased them to be his people and brought them out of the bondage of Egypt, they demonstrated that many of them were never really saved. Because although they wanted to be free from Egypt and free from chains and certainly free from the wrath of God that was falling on the land, they didn't want the other part of the gospel, which was to go into a land that God would give them. A land whose special caveat was not that it was a land flowing with milk and honey or a land that was tremendously fertile or a land that had the early and the latter rains. All that was true. But the greatest thing about the land, you know what it was? The Lord was going to be there. The Lord was in the midst there. And the wonderful story of Numbers is how God works with his people. I prefer the Hebrew title of the book, as Brother Noad could bear out in the Hebrew Bible. The book is called In the Wilderness. So it's appropriate. We're in Yosemite, aren't we? Different kind of wilderness. This wilderness, think a little more desert. And the wilderness in Scripture is a place of testing. Now, testing can be positive and testing can be negative. For you Southern Californians, you'll be well familiar with the United States Navy SEALs. And those men, even to become a SEAL, are tested, aren't they? And the testing from everything I've read and seen in documentaries is tremendously rigorous. And the testing is meant to reveal what a person is. And it reveals for some people that they're not as tough as they thought they were that they really can't be called upon in any situation, in any emergency, physically and mentally, to handle the mission given to them. So for many people, the test breaks them, and they wash out, and they go into some other career, uh, doubtless a good career of serving their country, and that's not to be minimized, but just for sake of illustration, they don't make the test for Navy SEALs. But for those who make the test, for those who survive and get into that training, it gives them a great deal of confidence, doesn't it? Because it says to them, I have the capability to now be trained to do things that perhaps I never imagined I would ever do. Now, let me tell you that life is like that for us. Today, in this world, right now, is like a wilderness, And if you profess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you say, as maybe most of you here or all of you perhaps would say, I am a Christian or I am a believer, if you profess that name, you will be tested. And the reality eventually, sooner or later, will be shown. Are you really trusting in the Lord Jesus? Are you really passing his test? If you pass his test... He wants to train you in the wilderness. For you, the tests become character-building exercises. The tests become preparation. The tests actually prepare you for a job, if you can believe this, it's even better than the Navy SEALs. I wouldn't mind being a Navy SEAL. They get to blow stuff up. They get to shoot a lot of ammo for free. They get to ride in a lot of cool boats and jump out of airplanes. Sounds like a great deal of fun to me, okay? But this is much better because what God is training us for is to serve in the heavenly administration of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to be part of his kingdom, to rule over new heavens and new earth, wherein dwells righteousness, as Second Peter 3 says. That's what God wants to do for us in the wilderness. And we're going to see pictures of that in the book of Numbers. Now, I make no excuse for using the book of Numbers because when the Lord Jesus talked to one of the foremost theologians of his day and needed to explain the gospel to him in John chapter 3, he not only told Nicodemus he must be born again, he also told him, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Ooh, do I hear a reference to the book of Numbers? Absolutely, I do. Numbers chapter 21. Or when Paul wanted to talk to the Corinthian church about the issues facing them, he looked back to Israel in the wilderness and he said, these things happened to them for types. They were our examples that we shouldn't lust after things like they lusted after, but we should go on and serve the Lord. Oh, do I hear you quoting numbers again, Paul? Yes, 1 Corinthians 10 is suffused with allusions back to the book of Numbers. And when the writer of Hebrews, perhaps it was Paul, perhaps the amanuensis was someone else, but it was definitely authored by the Holy Spirit. When the author of Hebrews wanted to speak about the rest that is available for the people of God in Hebrews 3 and 4, he went back, uh, you guessed it, to the book of Hebrews, uh, to the book of Numbers, excuse me. Chapters 3, I'm still getting used to the Pacific time zone, so you'll have to excuse me. Numbers 13 and 14, Kadesh Barnea, when a generation of Israelites, with the exception of a few notable people, refused to enter into the rest that God had for them. And Hebrew says, it's possible to make the same mistake in this dispensation too. So as you go through the scripture, those are just three passages, we could name more. The scripture constantly is looking back to Numbers, just as it does to Deuteronomy and to Leviticus, and Scripture is its own best commentator. So we're going to want to look into Numbers and say, now how do I measure up to that test? And am I willing to follow the Lord through the wilderness and let him have his way in my life? I hope it'll whet your appetite for further study because obviously in a conference such as this, we won't have time to cover everything. We're going to be taking the greatest hits, if you will, or the things the Lord has put on my heart, perhaps better said. So I hope it'll whet your appetite to dig into this book for yourself more and more. Thank you.